What's up, everyone, and welcome to another Jets episode on the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast, where the ONA Jets are really rolling here, getting ahead of the pack for the number one pick. Today, we'll discuss the, the quiet trade deadline in the Joe Douglas presser, the Week 8 Chiefs game, and we'll give you a little preview of the Monday Night Football Jets-Pats game. But first, what's for etc., Alex? What up, John? For etc. today, we're going to go over my three slates for this upcoming week, and... Maybe do some more rapid reaction money lines for you because you're our expert over here, all right? All right, let's go, Ricey. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another rendition of the dumpster fire New York Jets, man. We are sitting here at ONA. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we are here to get through this together. Uh, what's up, Alex? How you doing, man? How's your week so far? What's going on, John? It's, you know, just another week. I uh, hope everyone went out and vote. Uh, yeah, uh, this is pretty much it, honestly. It's quarantine time, man. There's not much for me to really do. I'll say this, though. I binged... Uh, war zone this past weekend uh <laughs> did a crazy amount of hours with my squad shake and bake baby we were uh going like six hours in deep two days in a row it, it was pretty intense nice uh yeah we are uh in day two of election season uh, recording on the wednesday uh it's been an interesting week uh i actually just got into a new netflix show queen's gambit I was a little uh Little girl with a bunch of trauma from, I think, like the 1930s or 1950s that just ends up being an absolute mastermind of chess. So it's, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool uh, show. I, uh, a little bit of a nerd at heart. I was in the, I was in the fifth grade chess club. You know what I mean? Just uh, killing it as a little kid. So I, I don't know. A little bit of a cool show that anything to get my mind off the Jets uh, kind of works these days. That's awesome. You were in the chess club. So was I when I was in elementary school. Actually, fun fact, my dad was a teacher in a White Plains City School District for 30 some odd years. And, you know, he bounced around between middle school and high school. But when I was, I went to the same middle school that he was teaching at before he retired. And everyone just knew that his class was just kind of like, uh, it was like the hangout afterwards. Like you'd either get your work done, go chill or play chess. And there was like a lot of people playing chess, man. That was I love chess. Chess is a fun game. I just picked it back up, got the chess.com app. It's still fun, man. Chess is a chess is a beautiful game. Oh, classic. I actually I think you really like the show then. You should uh give it a shot. I'll definitely check it out. All right. So without further ado, Alex, we can't stall any longer, man. We got we gotta talk about the New York Jets. Do do we have to? <laughs> yeah, man. First <laughs> uh we'll start with the pretty quiet trade deadline. Uh we didn't really make any moves. Um the uncredited ex-reporter from the Daily News did uh, send some fire tweets out to get the meat, to get the, the the pot stirring, as Alex would say, um, regarding the Jets, and put out that the Jets were shopping Jordan Jenkins and shopping Chris Herndon, uh, two players who you know Jordan Jenkins is on his way out He's on one year. Chris Herndon, our draft picks, um, still under contract. And uh, the first thing Joe Douglas <laughs> said and confirmed to uh, an actual reporter, Rich Simini from ESPN, was that 
Chris Herndon was never shopped. So a little bit of a, a little bit of more of the same between the, in the Jets media room, a little bit more of the same with the Jets being quiet at the trade deadline. Uh, Alex, what are your thoughts on that? I'm kind of shocked that we didn't move Crowder in all honesty. I don't know why we kept Crowder. Uh, if we're just tearing everything apart, right? If we're trading Williamson, if we're just trying to acquire assets at this point, why are we even keeping Crowder? Uh, we're not going anywhere. I don't, I don't know. Maybe there was no interest in Crowder. That could also be the spin on it as well. Um, I'm just shocked that Crowder wasn't moved out of all pieces and we didn't even hear any names for him. What are, what are your thoughts about that? Um, actually, personally, Crowder, although he was um, on top of my list to be traded because he would net us the best asset, uh, I was hoping for a fourth. He's actually the player that I'm excited is staying because if Sam Darnold is here next year, he's some continuity. Okay. And if we have a rookie quarterback, as we said, we're kind of on track for the number one pick. And if Trevor Lawrence say we go that route, he's going to be a pretty nice safety handle for the new quarterback. So I kind of, uh, I'm not really, I'm not really ticked off or anything about Jameson Crowder. I'm actually really happy he's staying. Uh, I would have been equally as happy with a fourth round pick. Uh, but the, somebody like Puglio, who, I mean, I just feel like is a long shot to stay with the Jets. But maybe maybe I'm wrong, you know, I mean, but it just feels like he's going to be a long shot. We're going to have to extend May. So uh, I think that not uh, dealing him or him being in rumors uh, kind of solidifies that we're going to extend him, right? So that was okay. I, I don't think there's any real, real value out there for Henry Anderson. <laughs> I was hoping for another uh, Joe Douglas sixth-round pick. And, you know, all those guys like Jordan Jenkins, I don't really he's netting you. Uh, more than a six-round pick, which I know Joe Douglas, like, I think he wakes up legit thinking about six-round picks. So that's why that's why I love the guy. I, I To go back on your Crowder point, you know, Crowder's only got one more uh, year on his deal, which is what's really interesting. So do you think that this is, I guess, I, this is why I thought he would be moved because unless we're planning on keeping him afterwards, whether we keep Darnold or not, right? I, do you think? Yeah. I mean, sure, but I'm, if we if we keep Crowder on that one more year, like say next year we have a decent year with Crowder as our slot, and then next year he leaves and say so we don't extend him, and he plays a decent amount of snaps and gets a decent contract, he will get we can get a comp pick for him. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, we'll still actually net something, and that's like one of the big uh, pros versus Joes of, of NFL franchises. I think um, one of the real metrics for me is who can maximize the value of their talent while also using the system to the best uh, way, uh, like by getting comp picks. Like, you know who does that the most? The Pats and the Ravens, the, the top two front offices in the league, in my opinion. No, that makes sense. That makes sense then. Okay. And then for May, clearly we got to extend him because there's no way we're just going to let him walk. And for Poole, that's interesting. You know, I think what Douglas is seeing is that we don't really have continuity or like not even necessarily continuity, but we don't even have really anyone who can play decent coverage in the secondary. And Pulio is doing the best out of all of them. I mean, we'll get to it when we break down that Chiefs uh, Jets game. But Pulio has been, you know, lights out almost this season for the most part. Yeah, for sure. Pulio has been I mean, he's one of the top nickel corners in the league. So if we could, I mean, if we could find a way to keep him with May, um, 
who have, who are friends off the field who have the same alma mater. They're both from uh, Florida. That'd be great. I mean, I would I would love to keep him. I just with ten draft picks coming. I I don't really see us uh, re-signing a slot corner and a safety. And I think next year is the last year that Tremaine Johnson is on the books. So I just feel like we're going to be uh, more building through the draft. But speaking about building through the draft and, you know, our GM, Joe Douglas, he had a press conference. At, so the trade deadline was at 4 p.m. He had a press conference at 4.30, and then he did a little radio call at 5 o'clock, right? So he um, he's putting his nose out there, right? He Like he, he's coming out there. He's not hiding behind any shadows. You know, we didn't make a move at the trade deadline. We're 0-8. You know, obviously, we're not making the playoffs. So, like, obviously, he knows, like, criticism is coming, right? Um, my favorite thing about Joe Douglas, and I know this is a Joe Douglas podcast, and I know uh, I bet we've been pretty adamant about how much we like him, at least me. He took responsibility for everything on this team, especially for undervaluing Robbie Anderson and letting him walk. Like, that for me was huge. He's not hiding you know what I mean? He knows. He's like, yeah, I offered him 12. I thought, you know, maybe he was trying to, he was trying to undercut him. He didn't, he was trying to pay him on past performance instead of future performance. And we kind of lost out and he, he was man enough to admit it. The whole thing with Gase, right. Where he said that Gase is part of the solution. Uh, I do think that he's talking about the solution about the number one pick. I think that, I think that that is the solution that he's uh, talking about. Cause Gase is the solution to the number one pick. But I mean, I just – I need to settle this. Like, I, I want to, like, almost put a billboard on this, like, on, on the New Jersey Turnpike, just for, like, everyone to see, just, like, calm down while they're, like, driving to work every day. Adam Gase's contract runs out this year. In order for him to be the head coach of the New York Jets next year, the Jets have to literally offer him a new contract with millions of dollars. Like – that pro- it's just not happening. That prospect to me is insane. So I, I know it, like the owner is not firing him. I know the the GM is not throwing him under the bus. I know that it feels like, I mean, it is that all the players hate him, and that's why they're kind of all leaving because of our head coach. And there's issues with the defensive coordinator because of the head coach. Like I get all of it. We we run. Short screens to Berrios on third and 65. I get it all. But uh, I'm just saying, like, we just have to we just have to live. There's eight more weeks left, man. Eight more weeks. We're almost there. We're almost at the finish line. Yeah. I mean, uh, let me go through all those topics that you started off with. First of all, yeah, Joe Douglas coming out, speaking to Michael Kay, who he was getting flamed for yes uh, the day before and then also had a presser today when, keep in mind, he doesn't have to do any of this. He only has to speak at the end of the season. He doesn't have to come out anywhere in the middle of the season and talk to anybody. You know, you're, he's available for draft. He's available for offseason. He doesn't have to be available during regular season. So for him to come out and do this, you know, kudos to him for being man enough to go out there and say what he did wrong and... I'm happy they pointed out Robbie Anderson because Robbie Anderson has been killing it and he's been making the Jets look like a fool. And, you know, this is the one thing where, you know, we see that he's good at drafting, but then the other thing for a GM, right? And we'll see going forward, right? This is his first full year with the team. I'm not good. Like, we can't consider that he came in halfway. He didn't get a true free agency after McKagan was fired. He didn't have a true draft because McKagan also took care of that as well. 
So let's keep that in mind because I know fans are just like, well, Joe Douglas didn't do this and Joe Douglas didn't do that. Yeah, guess what? Everyone's going to be making mistakes, all right? No one goes into their job and does like uh, a fantastic job. But before- Even the owner apologized for that being too late. He, he apologized for literally hiring him too late after the draft. So he, even the owner agrees with you. Yeah, and he was like on the fence of like keeping McCagnan, but and we'll, you know this is we could we can go on about the Johnsons as like terrible owners, but regardless, uh, when it comes to JD, right? He came out has a six year contract. He has to execute his vision. We'll see what that vision is. All right, you said it a few podcasts ago. His time starts now. Uh, he's he called he 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 pointed out that he made a mistake with Robbie Anderson. What he needs to learn from this is like, look, the whole like what you see for pass projection gives you a floor. You have to think of what the guy's going to do the following year. What are you giving this guy the following year to to work with, right? And if I were him, the one thing I would see is that look, Sam Darnold missed four games, and Robbie Anderson still put up the same output the other years before. It's like, what would he have done if he had Sam Darnold for four games? You know what I mean? Three, four games, whatever it was, three or four games. I can't remember, but like that that's where you got to start doing that evaluation now for the gaze part absolutely what do you want him to say like oh yeah gaze is not going to be here during a presser you know how much internal like that would just be the biggest shit show ever if like he went to like espn like sny and everyone else like yes gaze is not part of the future we are firing him at the end of this year it's like what what like what do you want to do like after what (laughs) Who, like, you're now a head coach, like, interviewing for this team next year? Who is, like, yeah, like, I, I would like to work here and put my reputation on the line and my family through the media scrutiny with you. Like, yes, sounds good. Who? Who's going to do that if you're coming up and, like, putting the – maybe, like, I, I guess it's one thing to say, you know, we don't fire our head coaches midseason. We keep our promises. But then, like, eventually that tide is going to turn where the owner is, like, leaving the coach out to dry. Like at some point, I'd rather be fired, you know, than go zero and sixteen and not have a squad. You know what I mean? So I think they are kind of towing that line now, where they have to like show um, that they're an organization that you should want to come coach next year. One hundred percent, man. Those are facts. And the other thing is, like, look, the Jets haven't been a good team since two thousand nine and two thousand ten, right? Like we we went somewhere with Todd Bowles' first year. Uh, what was that? Twenty fourteen, fifteen that season, right? Look. We're a bad organization. We don't have the rights to be firing head coaches midway through. Honestly, like if if anyone saw that we fired coaches midway through, it's like I'm not going to go there because I have no job security. And on top of that, I'm like getting thrown into the fire with like one of the worst franchises possible right now. Right. So they can't. They have to. It's like you're not like the Baltimore Ravens. You're not like the, the Patriots where it's like you've had so many years of excellence where it's like if you did that, it's it's like uh it's it's acceptable, you know what I mean. Even with the Steelers, if the Steelers did that, it would be acceptable because it's like okay, they have a history of success. You know what I mean. Teams like the like when you watch the Jags like fire someone midway through, you're just like, that's yeah, a joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and oh man, don't give, don't even remind me about the Steelers because Tomlin was having a rift with the Steelers and he couldn't come to an extension with them at the end of last year, and this is going to be his like and you know prove it contract year and they're absolutely murdering undefeated i'm just like give me a break man like i was just hoping that they do bad and we offered tomlin that like gruden lifetime contract 100 million dollars come run the organization like no problem Gruden, i mean like you know uh tomlin and joe douglas like to the chip you know what i mean like that's you know that's a no-brainer so i was really hoping for that but so of course the steelers are undefeated and we're winless and uh that's how the cookie crumbles for the jets Sadly.
<laughs> but yeah, so the Jets are 0-8. They scored 94 points this year so far. Uh, they haven't scored a touchdown in their last seven quarters. Um, so we're, we're, we're really good. We're, we, I think we have historical point differential numbers. Uh, we're doing worse than the 0-16 Lions and the 0-16 Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the, with the pirate <laughs> red and yellow, like that goofy guy. So, I mean, we're, we're right there with the best of them these days. But, hey, man, we played the, I don't know, the, the, the king, the king of all football, the, the you know, the, the guy who's reinventing the game and Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, the guru, and all these people last week. And, yeah, we lost. Yeah, yeah we didn't cover. But the first half was good, man. We, had a, we, we hung in there the first half. It was an actual game. No, nah, man, like, we, the first half we did hang in there. Look, we knew coming in this was going to be a juggernaut and a tall order for the Jets to even cover this game. Uh, look, it's the, it's the Kansas City Chiefs, man. We played them on their home turf. They had some fans in the, in, in the stands. You know that changes everything. Honestly, like you see that there's something there, but the creativity and play calling is just non-existent offensively. Defensively, there is nothing we could do. Dude, like... Nothing, absolutely nothing we could do. Our corners just got burned. Listen, listen to this. Bless Austin saw 12 targets his way. 10 of them were completed for 83%. Then you have Pierre Desir, who saw seven targets his way. Six of them were completed. And then you also had what we discussed last week. The tight end was going to be like the key. Avery Williamson saw six targets, six completions. Like you just knew what was coming. They just knew that we're, we just we just love to give up yards in the passing game because we don't have good coverage. So it, it, it was it was just there for the taking. Yeah, man, and shout out to Avery Williamson, uh, who was our boy, who as we predicted did get traded to the Steelers um, for that fifth round pick that we were hoping for. We did get rid of the seventh round pick. So as much as Joe Douglas loves his sixth rounders, he equally hates seventh rounders. He doesn't even want to see a seventh round. Don't even walk it. Don't even look at him. Uh, um, he, he clearly doesn't play the slot machine because he hates the number seven. Yeah, he's not about the seventh life. He likes the sixth rounders and the undrafted free agents he does pretty well on. Uh, but seventh rounders, he's all out on. So hopefully Williamson does well in Pittsburgh. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Le'Veon Bell went to the went to the the hyperdrive Chiefs, right? And he didn't really kill us. Uh, we can't tackle. We can't cover. And and we seem to be able to contain Bell. That was probably, uh, as they say, a point of emphasis for Greg Williams uh, to make sure that Bell doesn't kill us. And we, we kind of left Hardman and Hill open on a bunch. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, to, be, to play devil's advocate for Le'Veon Bell, this is the second week in the system, so I'm not expecting much either. But six attempts and only seven yards, it's a little pitiful, I'm not going to lie. Like to to like you, I'm expect I was expecting more from Bell, but at the same time, it's like a new offense, so I'm teetering on the line. I'm just like meh, but yeah. I mean, I I agree. I, I know nobody cares about my fantasy team, but I have Bell in like five out of my six fantasy teams, so I, I really don't know what to do with him. So I agree. I'm I'm just I'm just really not sure. Um, but other than that, man, what, what did you think about Sam, the whole Sam shoulder fiasco, right? Like, this is what worries me. I'm like, uh, I'm going through a roller coaster of emotions, of course, because it's the Jets game at one o'clock and all the other football's going on. And I just want to watch the other games because they're so much better. 
Um, you know, I got the two screens going. And I'm sitting here. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. Sam Darnold, we're going to get the draft picks. We're doing great against the Chiefs. Like, things are looking good. Things are looking up. And then his shoulder, man. He fell into his shoulder again. He scares the hell out of me with his shoulder. He gets the MRI. He keeps saying it looks good. But he's walking around like like it's like it, like it's someone else's shoulder and he's like taped it on like he's just walking around holding it i'm just i'm i'm constantly worried about sam donald's health and now i'm worried about his shoulder and like it's just it's all too much already it's all too much and you know it's look he missed games his rookie season he missed games his sophomore season now he's missing games his third year in the league first year was an injury i forget what the injury was this year it's now his shoulder uh to be fair on the shoulder reps you gotta go you gotta do a better job calling it both ways for the teams though like in all honesty like they're they're like pile driving the the crap out of sam into the ground and he's not even getting calls which you know we saw that call two years ago when the chiefs played the patriots in the afc and they barely grazed uh they, I don't even think they even touch. I can't remember if they touched Brady. Some of them. I think they barely grazed it, and that was like yeah, roughing the passer. And it's like serious, like really. And for Sam, he could get body slammed, and it's like nothing to see here. Uh, but no, Sam Darnold's. It, it's concerning me that he's getting injured in his shoulder now, and it's it's his throwing shoulder, right? So, you know, this is giving me like Chad Pennington vibes all over again with shoulders, and I'm not feeling it. At the same time, he's a tough dude for coming back out and still playing. I just don't know how – it's so hard, man. It's kind of like that Big Ben feeling where it's like the kid – the guy gets injured and he comes back and he continues to play and you're just like, how long can this actually last? I don't know. Um, this really is indicative of the offensive line play though. Like we need better linemen to like one, give him pass protection. Two, I think Sam also needs to be a little more wiser in how he runs with the ball and not like – leaning into contact. Yeah, he's staying in the pocket a little bit longer because he, he wants the place to develop and he wants the receivers to get a little bit of separation and he's trusting the line, right? They are veterans. They're not uh, – I mean, they, they, they look like they know what they're doing, but our interior line is just absolutely horrid, man. It's honestly hard to watch. And you're – I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, I agree with you. I'm also getting Chad Pennington vibes. Um and it's scary. Like, I don't want to deal with that shoulder stuff. Uh, we don't have a right tackle, really. George Fun is okay. Uh, McGovern played a bunch, but he's clearly injured or he stinks. So I'm just going to go with the fact that he's injured. Okay. But he played the most snaps on the team. Um, and our, our, our guards are absolutely like the worst things I've ever seen. And it's a tragedy how bad our guards are. Um, but our second leading snap count was Denzel Mims. I really like Denzel Mims. Um, he's, he's absolutely murdering on, on the target. He's doing really well blocking. He's going to get the actual targets. They're going to come up. He is, as you said, when you're talking about Bell learning the game plan as a veteran, like th this guy Mims is actually finally learning a pro offense, right? So he's getting into it. I'm really excited about Mims. And of course, 77, man, just an absolute tank i i will never get enough of people talking about number 77 i will watch hype up videos of 77 all day long honestly and coming from a guy like i used to play football and i played a line for i was like legit a line i played 
left guard and center for two years, tight end, and then I moved out to wide receiver. The only reason I made these transitions is because I went from being one of the fattest kids in high school to being like one of the thinnest kids by my senior year. And the line never gets respect. But I actually enjoy that the line, like this day and age, people are understanding how important the offensive line is and they're getting their due respect. And watching Makai Becton just pancake the living daylights out of people, like with ease, is just pure beauty, man. And Denzel Mims, I love watching Denzel Mims. I am very excited for his future. My one critique, though, is that we stopped passing him the ball in the second half twice now. Like two weeks in a row, we've stopped passing him the ball really in the second half. And it's mind boggling. He's a talented, he got 40 yards, 42 yards again, 42 yards again. Like he, in the first half really. And he can clearly do more. We just got to give him that reps unless there's just a plan in place, just a tank. And we just are trying to preserve him. (laughs) I mean, if, if the, if the plan is to tank, here is the plan. And I, I, I figured it out that anybody telling you, telling me, it's just what my eyes tell me. They have a game plan for the first half and they refuse to change anything in the second half and make any adjustment or do anything because the second half for the last like four or five weeks, man, have been actually the entire season. Every single second half of this entire season has been the worst football I've ever watched ever. So either Adam Gase is really the worst thing to ever happen to a football field, especially in the second half. And you can tell. Or, at, like, if you want to talk, like, game plan, how to game plan for a tank, that's how you do it. You, you put up the first half, you put up the numbers, you put up the stats, you know what I mean? You do whatever. You get blown out in the second half and then maybe throw up a, a touchdown or a couple of field goals at the end to make the score come close. I mean, that that really has been the entire season in a nutshell. 100%. Or this is Gase's poor attempt to be like Bill Belichick. I mean, for, for crying out loud, I like Braxton Berrios. I think he I think he's a good slot, but really like we give Mims three targets. He catches two for forty two yards, but we give Braxton Barrios eleven targets. He catches eight for thirty four yards. That's not effective game planning. He's not Julian Edelman. Let's just stop. The third down horse. He's our third down horse. If you if you have third down and long, you give him that screen, baby. The screen, the ins- the short five-yard inside, he'll get it. And then the next one is uh, Jeff Smith. Really, Jeff Smith. Uh, not 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 our true one that we have currently, Denzel Mims. We go to Jeff Smith for eight targets. The the tank is in, bro. The, the fix is in for the tank, and that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering where Cager's been. Um, speaking of Herndon, we kind of mentioned him in the beginning of the show. He had a really tough game, man. Like, just tough, tough. I don't even want to get into it. Just tough. Fumbles and drops and just tough. Okay? Like, burn that tape, Chris. Burn that tape. Let's just move on. Let's move on. You're not traded. Maybe you were worried. Maybe you had the yips. Maybe something's going on. It's over. We're, we're on to New England, Chris. Don't worry about it, man. My God. Dude, he needs the Michael Jordan, like, a juice from Space Jam to get his mojo back because it is... It is it is bad to watch. That fumble was just brutal, man. He's already been having a bad season as is, and to get that fumble, my God. Salute to you, man. Salute to you, to Chris Herndon, because you need you deserve better than what this season is, for real. Um I guess the last thing I gotta talk about the offense is why are we giving Frank Gore so many touches? Just <laughs> Michael Pirine. 
for the love of God, just please, like just 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 use the rookie. Just let, let me see what he can do. <laughs> I know, but I think I, honestly, like at this point, like I think Piran is can only handle so much. I think like Gore is like handling a lot, and Piran is just like has to like ease in. I mean, there's no guards. We we don't have a guard. Like, what, what is Piran gonna do? You know what I'm trying to say? Like that. At the end of the day, like we have we have to be a little smart. We can't just like stare at a number and say, "Why is this guy this many targets?" What we don't have a guard. <laughs> you know, like our center is injured. Our right tackle stinks. Like, well, I, I, like it, it's tough. It's tough. You know, Beckton's not a hundred percent on. You know, on blocks, like he's, he's gonna miss one or two. He's a human. So like it, it's the situation is not uh, really conducive for success. But it's so funny that you talked about the rough in the passer on Tom Brady. That was by Chris Jones, right? Who last week came out and said that the Jets are better than their record, right? And then they killed us this week. We have a new we have a new culprit uh, calling the Jets better than their record. Uh, this time it's uh, Mr. Bill Belichick. Well, obviously, we can't believe a word this guy says, right? He loves to bolster the other team. But this one, this one was a goodie, man. This one was a good one. Coming out and complimenting the Jets as we have 94 points this year. We haven't scored a touchdown in seven weeks, in seven quarters. Like, that's that's some good stuff. That's when you know you know it's coming when he does that to the Jets. You know a blowout is coming. You know a get-right game is coming. And I can tell you who needs it. Cam Newton, after that fumble last week, definitely needs it. And... Patriots on a losing streak right now, which is a little uncharacteristic, but it's nice to see as Jets fans. Fun fact, I teased my coworkers because I work here in Boston. I was like, "Some how about them Patriots? And they're like, huh, well, how about them Jets? It's like, you know, like mocking the Jets is just kind of like, this is like, dude, I'm used to this. Like, this is this is new territory for you. You're, call, you're calling the homeless person poor. Like, what are you gaining out of this? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, I don't like you could. I am immune to these jokes as a Jets fan. All right. Yeah, but I mean, uh, Sergio Castillo, our kicker, has been amazing. Braided Man, our punter, has been fantastic. Um, Castillo came in from the CFL for an injured Ficken. I mean, they're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of time on the field on Monday night for uh, for the prime time folks. I'm going to be honest, man. I really do. I see the Jets coming out hot versus the Patriots. I really, I could see us winning the first half. Like that's how well I could see the Jets doing. But if it wasn't for Adam Gase and Bill Belichick having to go into the second half and able to watch tape, like they could watch tape at halftime and figure it out and adjust, like we're gonna we might lose the second half by four touchdowns. Uh, I, I, there's no way we're gonna score unless Gase literally has two game plans. Like that's the only way that we can get through because like what I've seen and I'm an amateur, right? Clearly amateur. Like I don't study football for a living. I see, I see, like, what is happening in the second half. It's it's insane. When I watch the coach's film, it's insane. The second half is putrid, man. So I do see the Jets sticking it through in the first half. Um, who knows if, McGov- if McGovern, our center, is going to play. Who knows if Sam Donald's going to play. Uh, who knows if we have a guard this week. Like, who, who knows right now. Um, but I see us sticking through in the first half and crumbling – like some Jenga if once we get into the second half, especially if we're winning. If we go up winning in the second half and, like, one of the reporters pulls Bell Belichick to the sideline at the tunnel, like, yo, bro, you're 2-5 and, and you're losing to the Jets who have 94 points this year. Like, what's up? 
they haven't had a touchdown seven quarters before this game. Like, they have two or whatever. Like, what's happening? Like, Bill Belichick might go in there and, like, absolutely murder us in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I, can, I can just see it all on the <laughs> – I can just see it all right now. <laughs> Reporters just like, so Bill Belichick, this is the first time the Jets have actually had a sustainable lead in the first half. How are you going to handle the second half? Oh, uh, well, you know, we're going to make our adjustments and uh, we're going to take care of it uh, the second half and then come out and just like drop 40 on us. It's going to be Thanksgiving butt fumble all over again. If that, if that's because you, it's all he needs just to get it going. And then, cause you know, I, I'm, I would be terrified, you know, like I, there's coaches that were like, would that scare the living daylights out of us. Like when we play football, like flipping tables and stuff, just getting you guys like hyped and ready for saying how bad you were. I can only imagine Bill Belichick doing the same thing. Like, I can I can only imagine the Jesus. Yeah, I mean to be honest, like there's they stink, man. They're two and five. Uh, it's a division game. The two and five. The spread's only seven and a half. I'm not going to be super shocked if the Jets win this game. I'm really. It's not going to be a crazy upset. I mean, the Jets and the Pats are fighting for worse in the division. The Jets have zero wins and the Pats have two. If we win, we have one win. The Pats have two wins and one of them is against them. So like it's or neck and neck, you know what I mean? Like it's not like uh, it's not it's not mommy and daddy's Patriots and Jets, all right? Like it's it's, it's different, dude. It's not Sanchez and Brady. So I I I I don't I wouldn't be too surprised, but I'm not I'm not betting the seven and a half even. But if you are so inclined, I I would put my money over my mouth is and take the Jets first half. Like it's possible. Like it it's it is possible that the Jets win the first half. Or at least cover the first half spread. So in the half, there is literally, literally, like it doesn't matter what the score is. The score could be 75-0 Jets. We're losing the second half. It doesn't matter. I, I agree. Yo, I, I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. But here's the thing with the Patriots, right? They are missing Julian Edelman. They're miss, missing Nikhil Harry. They're missing a couple of their guys. Look, we also so, t- said this in one of our earlier pods at the beginning of the season. Eight guys opted out of the season already. The team is not full force. There is a chance for the Jets because both teams right now are horrendous. And Cam Newton, you know, he came out hot the first uh, first two, three weeks, first two weeks. Now he's playing like, he's playing okay, you know. He, it's manageable. And the thing is, like, they like to run a lot, and especially they like to run with Cam Newton. At least our front is decent enough to stop the run. You know what I mean? So it is realistic that the defense can hold the Patriots in check. And the script that Adam Gase uses every single week, you know, bubble screens. Bra- uh, Braxton Berrios running five yards in and out. Uh, Frank Gore, halfback dive up the middle, left and right. Uh, well, Michael P. Ryan trying to get him on the outside, you know. Mims will get 42 yards in the first half and be quiet the next game. It's all there, man. It is all there for us to be doing it in the first half. Yeah, but, I mean, just regarding the Jets, the win is coming, guys. The win is coming. We're not going to be 0-16. We're going to be the Rich Coat type P. Carroll Jets, okay? And there's still a huge road to number one. We have the number one tiebreaker, which is strength of schedule. Okay, we have the hardest strength of schedule in the NFL this year. That is a, that is a tiebreaker. So at least there's that. Say we have one win. All the other teams that are also have one win are actually playing each other in the next couple of weeks. 
unless they tie, which actually might is even gonna be better for us because actually the percentage on both of them go up and we have the tiebreaker. It seems likely that we're gonna be good to go, and I don't really think Gates is gonna go on a hot streak anytime soon. So, like, the win is coming. Uh, if it's in prime time where they finally get hyped up, I'm not going to be shocked. Um, but I think they have to have an insurmountable lead in the first half in order to even smell the second half uh, versus the Pats. But it's either this game, I, I, there's, there's a Dolphins game coming, right? It's going to be one of these uh, one of these types of uh, types of division matches, in my opinion. That's that's where that's where the the treasure is, I think, for Gase. I agree. It's going to be a divisional game that we got a that we're going to defeat like a team unless because you called it last week a team that you should never bet on is the LA Rams because we chose them last week to somehow beat the Dolphins and that was a poor choice. Thank you, Jared Goff, for both my fantasy leagues and ruining it. Really quick, any thoughts on Tua's uh, debut? Looked pretty good, man. Like he looked solid, like for a rookie. I, I yeah, just, I, I was. I'm not super impressed. Yeah, I'm not impressed either. I think he was just like, he was fine for a rookie. You know what I mean? Just like, there's nothing to like write home about. It's not like, uh, it's not like uh, Justin Herbert, like throwing bombs, but it was okay, man. It was okay. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. And that, that about wraps it up. Uh, probably uh, see you next week as the 0 and 9 on New York Jets. Um, but Alex, what we got for et cetera, man? Well, John, for et cetera today, we got to talk about. The three slates that, you know, I find very interesting for this week. And then we're going to do some rapid fire uh, rundowns of the remainder of the games. All right. So good to me. uh, So first game on the docket, we got Seahawks and Bills. Um, So I found the Seahawks and Bills to be very interesting. One, because the Seahawks defense is essentially non-existent for giving up points. Uh, They give up so many points that. I think the Bills can actually, you know, strangely enough, could get back on track with their offense. I think John Brown's coming back for this one. As well for the Seahawks, it's the magician Russell Wilson having an MVP season. You know this one's going to be interesting. And the Bills' defense is not what it used to be in the past. You can score easily on them. I'm looking for this one to be an interesting matchup. What do so you think? Seattle minus three. What do you think? You think that Seattle wins by four or more? Uh, yeah, I think Seattle can win by four or more. I think they got a touchdown in them. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, not only has Russell been the magician, he's really been the deodorant. The defense has been awful without Jamal Adams in there, especially. Um, the offense has been horrible. Uh, he's got some okay receivers, but like he has, there's nothing really to ride home about about the Seahawks, really. Um, and they've been crushing it. So shout out to Russell Wilson, MVP. Um, and yeah, I, I and Bills aren't good, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I am not on the Josh Allen train. I'm sorry. I'll say it out loud. He's a cool guy. <laughs> DriveJoshAllen.com. <laughs> All right. I really like him at Wyoming. But I'm just uh, – I, I just – I'm not a big fan of this specific Buffalo team. Okay? They're not using the run game like they should. They're, they're going to fall on their face for a little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think – like Singletary, Zach Moss, they really both haven't been – you know, like Singletary was showing last last season, even though he got limited touches behind none other than Frank Gore. Um, he could show, he showed that he had some speed behind him, right? This season, it's not it's not the same. I don't know if that's the line. I don't know if that's because there's no training camp, but the running game is different this season. It's not really there, and the defense is not there either. Like pass wise, like 
you got Tredavious White, but other than that, like the the front seven is not stout like last season. So True. this it should be an interesting game. I, I'm also like I'm in, I'm in agreement with you. Like I'm not a big Josh Allen fan. Someone tweeted out at me saying, like I thought the Jets would be better this season than the Bills, or like we're competing. Yeah, clearly I was clearly. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. were completely way off. Uh, did not see this one coming. Yes, out of yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, you know, my thing was like, is Josh Allen better than Sam Darnold? I think they're both the same, honestly. I think one's just in a better situation, <clears throat> that being Josh Allen. But he hasn't really, like, wooed me over this season by his play style. Unless you're a fantasy owner of him, that he's been getting you points. Okay. Yeah. But on to... I think it's Seattle. Okay. On to the next one. So the next game that I find interesting, Saints-Buccaneers. I think this one, the matchup of the old men, Tom Brady-Drew Brees, division matchup, Tom Brady clearly trying to shut up Bill Belichick saying he's not a system quarterback, you know, that he was one half of the dynamic duo that was there. Tom Brady's been showing up and showing out every single week. Been very impressive. And now him and Gronkowski are getting back in that rhythm. We saw these past two weeks that they're finding each other's... uh, you know, getting that connection back again. Um, what do you think, man? I think uh, I think the Buccaneers are going to do it this one. I don't. I'm not really impressed by the Saints this season. They're not really doing it for me either. I think Drew Brees is really, really hitting that wall, and it's about time for him maybe to retire. Oh man! Soon. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So so we got Alex over here, Comfrey, either Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. Um, but yeah, this is a your classic Sunday night. You got Breeze versus Brady. You also got Antonio Brown coming back, first game. Um, but I don't think this is going to be a game about Tampa. I think we're going to learn more about the Saints. Like you said, uh, they really haven't been that impressive. Michael Thomas is coming back. They had some internal fights with the safety, who was also problematic with the Bears. Right? <laughs> like there's, um, they're, they're trying to clean some things up, but. When Michael Thomas is on the field, that is a different team. So New Orleans are getting plus four and a half after what I saw from Tampa against the Giants. I don't know. I kind of like New Orleans in this game. What do you think? You think Tampa could win by more than five, by five or more? I think it is going to be within. I think it's going to be within the five points. I actually think it's going to be under. I think it's going to be a field goal between these two teams because Drew Brees has been finding his man Alvin Kamara in the checkdown. Or out in the out on the wheel route, and you put Kamara out in space. You know he's he's making plays. I think the one thing that the Saints are missing is Michael Thomas. In all honesty, that and that offense will really start get going. Yeah, you know, so him, Kamara, and Breeze were limited in practice. Thomas has not played all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also had that little fight with the safety who got punched by the Bears. So I guess that safety is a little bit problematic. Um, but yeah, it, it should be a good game. Um, I do also think that, that that's going to be the second best game. The third best game, in my opinion, is going to be the Baltimore versus Indy game, man. That's that's going to be – that's a big AFC game. That's a uh, – it could be a playoff game as well, right, especially with the added team in the AFC and the NFC. Um, it's – right now it's Baltimore by a field goal. That's the, that's the line. What do you think – what do you think about this game, man? Uh, T.Y. Hilton's hurt. The running for the Colts didn't look that great last year, but the defense looked spectacular with Darius Leonard in there. They look like a whole different squad with him in there. Baltimore has been reeling. Lamar Jackson looking like a wide receiver <laughs> uh, quarterback. <laughs> um, really, like almost the worst numbers. Um, 
there's some rumblings. Marquise Brown is pissed. Hollywood Brown. The running game is kind of tough, but shout out to Gus Edwards, Townville High School, Staten Island. Got that touchdown, baby. Um, but they got COVID running through the veins of the defense, right? Marlon Humphrey. Um, so what do you think, man? I think that's a, that's a nice one o'clock game. What do you got? I think it's going to be a good one o'clock game. I got the Ravens. I'm not really impressed by the Colts at all. Their running game is probably the only thing that they got. They are not getting to T.Y. Hilton at all. <clears throat> Look, man, it's just Phillip Rivers. I think Phillip Rivers is another one that's hitting his age. He's It's very hard for him to push the ball downfield. He's trying, not saying he's not doing it, but I think it's very hard. You're seeing those uh, those wobbly passes just going up in the air, and they just haven't utilized all their talent, man. And I think it's a very short route game that they have to run, one that doesn't suit T.Y. Hilton. And when you have uh, Pittman Jr. out there, it's you know who's a rookie, it's very hard to get rookies, rookie wide receivers, especially in in the rhythm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I agree. I like Baltimore to come back, um, but. Oh man, I I know I'm not like really taking a side here. I don't think I could bet this game. It's it is a good game for me. I think the line is perfect. I think Baltimore wins by three. Um, so that's like a game. But it started at three and a half, and it's already down to two and a half. I gotta see where the money is by Sunday. How the line moves. That's a, it, it's it's gonna be an interesting game. Um, but uh, I kind of want Baltimore to win because I really want Baltimore to start getting it together for the playoffs. And as I said, man. Harbaugh doesn't really lose in November, so he lost last week, <laughs> all right? Like, I, I just don't I, – and, and Alex called it. Alex said – I told Alex that Harbaugh covers and doesn't lose in November. He said, this is the week it's going to happen. I said, all right, that's bold, but right, let's do it. Now that that happened, the probability of him doing it again this week is so low. So, like, give me Baltimore. Now, now, that, now that we brought that up. One, very low. Two, it's – like I said, man, the Colts are not like the Colts are five and two, but they're not like the it's not a convincing five and two. You know what I mean? It's like looking the Bills at six and two. It's like it's not a convincing six and two. Like, all right, you got six wins. That's good. Like in this like for the Bills, it's like in the Bills in this division, you should have six wins because everyone sucks. For the Colts, you should have five wins because everyone in the division sucks, uh, except the Titans. Titans are the ones, but they're 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 they are interesting. So let's let's actually move into this right now. All right. Yeah, let's do let's, let's, let's do some rapid fire. So rapid fire right here. Bears at Titans. Speaking about the Titans, they've been very interesting, man. They've two games in a row have not showed up. Very shocked that they uh, that they got knocked by Cincy once again. I'm very upset about that defense. I had them in fantasy and they did not do what I needed. I needed you guys to help me win. Thanks for nothing, John. What do you got? <laughs> so it's uh, Tennessee favored by a touchdown, man. Tennessee has not been impressive. And, uh, of course, neither has Chicago, especially in the first half. I'm going to say it until my face is blue. The Chicago Bears need to start Mitch Trubisky in the first half and Nick Foles in the second half. Have two different game plans and just go. You're going to be unstoppable. Like, I, like, Mitch Trubisky in the first half is crazy good. Nick Foles in the fourth quarter is amazing, but give him a whole second half to, to get his juices flowing. Okay, so do you think they cover? So Tennessee by touchdown – Give me, t- give me, ah, man, this is tough. Give me Tennessee. All right. Now, <clears throat> I only started with Tennessee because I mentioned them. Cito season. Derrick Henry, baby. <laughs> now, I only started with Tennessee because I mentioned them. So let's go back to the Thursday night game. We got Packers and 49ers. Uh, the line is seven. Uh, Green Bay, minus seven, Green Bay. Who do you got? So that game's over by now. You're listening to it. Um uh, and there's COVID running through everybody's veins. 
Uh, 49ers don't have a quarterback due to injuries. Give me Green Bay. Sure, and the Green Bay Packers have nobody at this point. The injuries is just hitting. Yeah. I don't even know what type of word that is. They just hit uh, the 49ers this season. On to the next one. Broncos and Falcons, who do you got? Falcons, uh, what is it? You got Atlanta minus four. Are, are you a Drew Locke believer, Alex? I chose him at the beginning of the season. I just, I'm going to stick with the Broncos. <laughs> All right, I'm going to Atlanta, baby. Minus three and a half. Damn, you're going against me. I like it. All right. <laughs> Let's keep it rolling. We got Panthers and Chiefs. We got Kansas City minus 11. <laughs> uh, so it opened at 11 and a half. I got my 10 and a half. So it looks like line is moving a little bit away from Kansas City towards Carolina. You give me 10 and a half, I'm going KC. I don't believe in Carolina. Yeah, Carolina's not really impressing me. Offensively, they're fine. Defensively, they're not really doing anything to keep me convinced. All right, next lineup. We got Vikings and Lions. Nice divisional matchup. Two teams that are very underwhelming. No? I got some breaking news, bro. Oh. Stafford's out. COVID. Oof. Yeah, not, 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 as good for, not as good as you thought. But I'm going to tell you what, man. It's good for the New York Jets. Because Minnesota gets another W and they're out of the running. Get them out of here. Don't even I don't want to see their names anymore for that number one pick. Yeah, you know what? I, that would explain why there's no line right now in uh, ESPN. Oh, I, I have uh, I have the books at uh, minus four Minnesota. Okay. I, it might be it might be off uh, of the of the current books because of um, because of Stafford. So you might be right there. But as I mentioned in the beginning, where I was talking about the one win teams versing each other and how it's going to eventually end up in the favor of the Jets. We got Houston versus Jacksonville, man. Uh, Jacksonville, uh, Houston favored by a touchdown, keeping Will Fuller. What do you got there? You know, you're more of the money line expert than I am, but I'm going with the Texans just because you got Deshaun Watson. He's better than Gardner Minshew. You also got J.J. White on the, J.J. Watt on that defense. It's got it's got to be Texans. Minshew's out. Oh, oh. I didn't even know he was out, so that makes it even better. That's why you should even choose the Texans. Yeah, Minshew's out, man. Uh, because as we record, um, and they had off for election day, they actually haven't had the practices, so uh, you might have missed it. But yeah, Minshew's out for a while. Um, that's it, gonna be an interesting situation in Jacksonville, especially because they need a quarterback. <laughs> Minshew's hurt, and now they're gonna be right. They're gonna be fighting for it. So that number one pick, man, you better watch out for Jacksonville. Yeah, that changes everything. Um, I really hope. Well, I mean, both of them, right? I mean, even if the Texans won, they're not taking a quarterback because they got their quarterback. Exactly, yeah. Oh, you never know. You never know these days. You know, it's oh, Pat. <laughs> you never know, man. You just never know. Nah, that's true. You're, you're true. So let's talk about another terrible, terrible, terrible matchup. We got the Giants versus the Washington football team. So, you know, it's the NFC East. I think the NFC East is the biggest load of garbage that we have. I do not like it. I keep saying this every year. You never know who's coming out of this. But as you pointed out, this is the Eagles division. But we're not talking about them yet because are they even playing this week? No, they're not even playing this week. So they're off this week. Fun fact, they're actually still practicing, which is pretty hardcore by Dougie Peterson. They actually want that division bad. Uh, you got to do everything you can to win it. Um, so what do you got with uh, the Washington football team and the New York football giants? We got the Washington football team favored by three here, and despite uh, on paper Washington ha- having a crazy advantage on the D line versus the Giants O line, the Giants O line has been impressing uh, pretty recently. And I know it's Kyle Allen, 
and I am terrified to bet against Kyle Allen. I really am. I call me a weirdo, but Kyle Allen covers games. And <laughs> um, but Kyle Allen as a favorite is kind of tough for me. So um, I was. It's so funny. Like last year, if you told me that this game wasn't Daniel Jones versus Dwayne Haskins, I would have called you crazy, unless injury was a factor. But this game is straight up Kyle Allen versus Danny Jones, and everyone's healthy. So uh, I don't know. I, I kind of like the Giants, man. Slay, uh, even Gowman is, be, is was okay at running back with that O line. Evan Ingram played okay. Uh, Danny Jones is addicted to turnovers. Poor guy. He's got he's got to look for a vaccine. Somebody get this guy whatever you can for his addiction to turnovers. That's that is what you have to cure over there. But I like the Giants, man. I think this is a Giants money line game actually. Plus one thirty. Put a hundred dollars on it. Win one hundred thirty. Take them plus three. So even if they lose a close one within three, or if they lose by three, you push. I think that I, I like the Giants here. Give me the G-Men. I would take the G-Men in this situation too. I think they're due for a win. And I think this is the team to get that win on. Um, All right, three more games, baby. Three more games. We got Vegas at the Chargers. Basically a pick game. Who you got? I got the Chargers for this one, baby. I love Justin Herbert. He's been showing out. I think they've just been facing, like last week was just an interesting game, man, between them and the Broncos. Chargers being the Chargers, bro. Yeah, but something tells me, man, like I think like they're due for, they're going to have a losing season, but they're due for another one. I think the I think the Raiders are that team that just like kind of just can fumble their way along and just lose a game after having a lead. Uh, give me Vegas here, baby. Give me, give me, give me, give me the line. Give me, uh, give me the D line, a nasty O line of Vegas. Give me Derek Carr. They beat the Chiefs. They got the running game going. They got the running game going. They got rugs on the corner. Give me, give me, the, give me Vegas and Gruden at four p.m. You like Jacobson, Nelson Aguilar just going off on the Raiders. It's a beautiful thing to see. Rugs, man, and the tight ends. They're they're just gritty. You know what I mean? Um, Waller, man. Darren Waller's a beast. Beast, dude. Beast. Uh, that so we're in the four p.m. slate. The second four p.m. slate, and I'm pretty sure the biggest spread of the week. Pittsburgh at Dallas. Yeah, I think that one's easy, right? Like the Steelers are not going to lose to Dallas. <laughs> it's Danucci season, baby. It's Danucci season. Oh man, he said. What didn't he say? Football was hard or something like that? <laughs> no, did he? I didn't listen. I think I think he, I think he said something along those lines. Quarterbacks after mine was heard, overheard saying that he sees ghosts. I kind of just I kind of just move on, you know. I still dislike the Jacksonville Jaguars for having their mascot dressed up as a ghost last season. Just flop. Oh, oh my God. Stop, stop, stop. That was, that, that was, the, so yeah, but I see the Steelers just, they, they're, they're winning this game. That doesn't even need to be talked about. Let's talk about the two former Alabama quarterbacks playing each other. You got Tua and Kyler Murray. So who you got? Arizona and, uh, Kyler Murray play Oklahoma, my friend. Didn't he play? did he play for uh, Arizona for uh, Alabama at one point? Um, I don't know. Maybe like no, he never started for Alabama. No, Kyle Murray's Oklahoma. I know. Okay. They look the same, and they play the same. One uh, is is Kyle Murray a lefty? No, Kyle Murray's a righty. Um, I was trying to bail you out. Um, but I think that Arizona is a way better football team than the Miami Dolphins. And I think that minus four is good. And I am 40% impressed with Tua's last start. I don't think he looked that good. I love Tua, though. 
So that's why, like, I just, I love Tua. I love Tua in college. I think he's a great guy. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I just don't think he's good yet. So give me Arizona minus four for my last game of the of the slate. All right. You know who? You know what I was thinking of? He did put. He did play at a different school. He played at uh, Texas A and M before he went to Oklahoma. That's what it was. I can't. I get. I get all the red teams confused, man. In all honesty. So don't don't bother me. <laughs> feel you. But don't, don't even don't even say out loud that you confuse crimson with another color because that's your head. Yeah, no, nah, you're right. So to all your Alabama fans, I'm sorry out there. Uh, I, this is why I don't watch college football, just to be honest. <laughs> That's why you should watch college football, Alex. The the Mac Mac Nation started today, baby. The Mac Conference. This is what dreams are all about. If you love football, you have to love the Mac. The Mac is back. Started with an onside kick. Life is so good, man. Life is so good. Football is back. Week nine. Uh, the NBA is coming back. Everything's good, man. Do you have anything else on uh, on this week before we head out of here? I got nothing else for this week. Um, you know, that's pretty much it. Sorry for Kyler Murray for thinking that you played for Alabama. It was Oklahoma and Texas A&M. I'm sorry for all the Bama Nation out there for confusing that situation. So yeah. uh, be right about everything. <laughs> Get out there and don't be like Alex. Watch college football. The Mac Nation's back. SEC's back. ACC's back. Big Ten's back. Get yourself into some college football. We're going to have to, baby. The draft is coming up. We are going to have to. The draft is coming up. and uh, Trey Smith, guard from Tennessee, I need you. I need you in my life. <laughs> Come to me. Oh, man, that's ridiculous. All right, so that wraps it up for another episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Thank you, for everyone, for tuning in. And Ace, I need you, bro. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And please make sure to follow all of our social media accounts. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Like, rate us, do whatever you can on that. This It will help us out and we really appreciate it. All right. Tune in for the next week episode of the next episode of this podcast. And John, anything else you got to say? Yeah, Mag Jones, please don't go to the Patriots and ruin my life. Thank you. And on that note. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go Jets.